to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our family pastor, J.C. Thompson, continues in our series through Galatians. If you would like to watch this video or listen to this week's worship, you can do so on our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or you can find all of that more on our Brookwood Church app. We pray that this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. pray and and hope that as you continue to hear the gospel, that God loves you not because of anything in you, that it will not grow old, that it will not grow hard that your heart will be tender enough that every time you hear about the grace of God, you'll be stirred. And I'm thankful that we're continuing our series today called Living Free because that gospel is what Paul was so adamant, so direct, so laser-focused on making sure that people understood that it was not about anyone's self-righteousness, but it was about the grace of God. Now, you heard last week as Perry started our series off that the purpose of the letter of Galatians was because people were taking this gospel. Paul had went to this region and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and This group of people called the Judaizers, they were coming and telling these people in this region that in addition to committing your life to Christ and placing your faith in Him and the finished work of the cross, that you also had to be circumcised. And you had to live life as a Jew. And as you read, especially Galatians 1, you see the frustration in Paul. He had just preached the gospel. He had seen people have their lives changed by the grace of God, and now they were giving that message up for this works-based gospel. And you feel the frustration. You hear the frustration as Paul is saying last week, how could you do that? How could you give this up? And this group of of Judaizers, they were convincing people that they needed to give up. They needed to work in order to earn and in order to continue, in order to keep the grace of God on their life. And Paul was saying, that's not so. That's not the gospel. That is not the good news. And this is important for us today. It's important for us today and every day because the gospel is how we live. The gospel is how we grow. The gospel is how we find our very life. But in a world where the internet allows you to write anything you want and people are looking for likes and anything that they say to go viral, it is important that we understand what the gospel truly is. 
because people will take the gospel and they will attach it to a cause. They will take the gospel and they will attach it to a political party. They will take the gospel and attach it to a program that you can buy. But that is not the gospel. It's important for us as followers of Christ to know what the gospel is because we are representatives of Christ. It is our job to communicate the gospel. It is our job to love the gospel. It is our job to propagate the gospel's message in every area of our life. And it's why today, as I've titled today's message, The Good News, the memory verse doesn't come from Galatians, but it comes from our responsibility and our role in the same role that Paul has. And that's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And you could see it at the top of your outline. It says this, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember growing up as a little kid, I met an ambassador one time, an international ambassador. And they've got cool clothes, and they talked really fun, and you met them, and you were like, this is a special person. Do you feel as if you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about somebody who goes to church. I'm talking about somebody who is a representative of the king. That when you enter into your workplace, the kingdom that you represent is not seen, but it is most certainly present. Do you embrace the role that Christ has given you as his ambassador on planet earth? because that is what you are. God is making his appeal through us. God's message to this world comes through us. God's grace is made manifest in this world and to others through us. We speak for Christ when we plead to other people, come back to God. Do you see that as your role? No matter what your job title is, no matter what your income level is, no matter what your experience in life is, do you see your role as an ambassador of Christ, sharing the good news of the gospel, not only in your words, but in your work in your relationships, in your goals, in your purpose, in your mission, is that you as an ambassador of Christ? Or is church something you just tag in to the rest of your life? It is important for us to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and our role in sharing it with the world. So the good news is this. First of all, it's directly from God. You can go ahead and, and start out. We'll be starting in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. If you remember, I just want to remind you of the last verse that, that Perry shared last week in verse 10, which just says this, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And Paul goes on to say in verse 11, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message that I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation 
from Jesus Christ. Paul is making a statement here that the gospel that he preached and shared with those folks in Galatia was directly from God. Paul didn't receive the gospel the same way that many did. Many receive it from teaching. Many receive it from someone up here communicating the word of God. Many receive it from reading, maybe scripture, maybe another book of someone sharing the testimony of God's grace. And there's nothing wrong with that, but Paul is making sure that people understand that's not how he got it. He didn't get it from a book. He didn't get it from people. He didn't get it from even the apostles that he was being accused of being a student to. He got it straight from Jesus. Well, how do we know that? Well, we know it from Paul's story in Acts chapter 9. And I would recommend you to read this whole chapter to see what happens in Paul's life. But we're just going to read a couple sections today. Verses 3 through 6 in Acts chapter 9. As he, Saul, was approaching Damascus on this mission. Now, if you guys don't know this story, Saul is actually who Paul was in a former life. And God not only changed his life, he also changed his name. But he saw here. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, what was that mission? Anybody know what that mission was? He was going to find Christians and make sure that they denied the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if they didn't, they would suffer. Paul was given names. Saul was given names of people to go and find. That's what he did. He was a modern-day hitman. That's what he did. And that's not, that's not a joke. He got people's names. He would go to the village, and he would find them, and they would torture them. This isn't a sitcom, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saul's life. He was taking a religious group, finding folks who said that that's what they believed. And he would take them and he would torture them. In one instance of Saul's story, when we see the first ever martyr named Stephen, Saul is holding the coats of men who took their coats off so that they could more freely throw rocks to kill Stephen. Saul is watching, holding the cloaks of those men, killing the first ever martyr. That's Saul. It's no joke. And what happens to him? As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, this mission to kill Christians, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, I don't want you to miss, because we live in this world where crazy things apparently don't happen anymore. But imagine where there's no artificial light. There's no electricity where you can turn a light on anywhere. Nobody's holding an LED flashlight in Paul's day. This is light from the sky showing all around him. He's not alone. There are people with him. Paul's not the only one that experienced this. And then a voice from someone who's not visibly there says to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? It's amazing to me that Saul doesn't just say, who are you? He knows that whoever is talking to him 
He may not know who they are, but he knows that they are worthy of respect. This is not a regular human being that is speaking to him. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And I love this next verse. The men with Saul stood speechless. Well, duh, of course they did. <laughs> Absolutely they did, 100%. They heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. When he opened his eyes, he was blind. Don't miss who's in charge of this whole situation. It's Jesus Christ. See, Paul was given the gospel directly from Jesus Christ. How's that possible? I thought Jesus died. He did, but he didn't stay dead. He was raised from the dead. And guess what? He's still alive. He was alive to Saul. Nobody could see him. But he made his impact known to everyone around Saul. Now, this is such an important thing because the Judaizers were basically saying to all the folks in Galatia, hey, this guy Paul, hey, hey, you, you ain't got to listen to him. You ain't got to hear what he's saying. He, he just learned this from the other apostles. No, 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 no. What we are sharing with you is directly from God. And Paul's saying, guys, you heard my story. And just in case you forgot, here it is. Here's my story. I got this directly from Jesus. See, they wanted people to see Paul as a Padawan, as a learner. He didn't really know what he was talking about. He was just trying to grow. He, he just trying to figure this whole thing out. And Paul's saying, no, I got this directly from the source, Jesus Christ. And Paul is sharing this story, not because he's trying to puff himself up, not because he's trying to make his biography known and go viral. No, he's sharing this story because there's this peace in the Galatians' mind that maybe, maybe Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe, maybe he is just a, a, a guy who's learning. Maybe, maybe he doesn't really know what's going on. And Paul's saying, no, 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 I got this straight from Jesus. Now, I want to be clear here. This doesn't mean that Teaching, reading, receiving, hearing the gospel is, is less than. It doesn't mean that at all. But Paul had a specific and special role. We learned last week that his title was what? Oh, come on. I know y'all were here last week. What was his title? It starts with an A. An apostle, which means he had a special role. And it meant he had a, a special revelation from Jesus. Okay? But guess what? Even if you get in a book... Even if you hear a testimony from somebody about the grace of God, even if you get up here and you hear the teaching about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it still has to be revealed to you by Jesus. It still has to be shown to be the truth. Why? Because we're all, all of our eyes have been blinded to the glory of God. And unless Jesus shows up and shows you by his spirit that this is the truth, it's just information. Or as Paul says, it's just mere human reasoning. And your life won't be changed by human reasoning. 
It's why when we're preparing, it's why when we get up here to share, it's not about our words, it's not about how great our tone is or our pace or the words we use or how much they rhyme so you remember what we say. It's not about any of that. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And unless Jesus reveals himself directly to you, it's just information. And it's good information, but that's all it is. So Paul is confronting the idea that he got this from a human source. He goes on to say in Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, he says, You know that when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to what? Destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. This is further proof that he had to be convinced that this gospel was true. Why? Because he was the number one enemy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever met somebody who's a fanatic about something. I mean, just crazy fanatic. Maybe a Clemson fan. But could you imagine, and I, I just want to put this in your mind for what this looks like, okay? Could you imagine for a second that a Clemson fan who's a season ticket holder, they're a, a Ipte sponsor, I mean, they, they, got every, they got everything invested. Could you just imagine one day showing up and they're like, hey guys, Clemson's cool and all, but I've seen the light. I'm a Gamecocks fan now. I mean, could you, could you imagine can I be honest with you? No, you can't imagine that. You can't. Why? Because they are convinced. JC, it'd have to be a miracle of God for somebody to be a Clemson fan to be a Gamecock. You're right. You're right. This is what happened to Saul. He was fully convinced in his own mind that the gospel was ridiculous that it was evil, that it was pointing people down a wrong path, so much so that he's going to put all of his resources, everything he's got into bringing it down. That is the person that Christ revealed himself to. Paul was giving his best to overthrow the gospel, and now he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching it. <laughs> I don't want you to miss this, okay? Imagine showing up in a room full of people who embrace the gospel and you've been the number one enemy and you are sharing to encourage them to follow Christ. Imagine all the people that were Jews that Paul was hanging out with, that he was going on raids with, that he was showing up to go find folks and put them down. They don't want nothing to do with him anymore. I'm sure the Christians weren't super excited about him showing up, and the Greeks have no idea what to do. He looks like an insane person. Paul has given up every human affiliation that's possible. But it does not stop him from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. This guy's got to be insane or convinced of the truth. And nothing will stop him as he preaches the good news of Jesus Christ.
cannot seek the approval of both God and man. And Paul had lost every affiliation with man. There's no way he was trying to seek people's approval. Not only is the good news directly from God, the good news is also designated for sinners. It's designated for sinners. It's not for righteous people. It's not for people from a certain place. It's not for people from a certain family. It's not for people with a certain amount of money or power or influence. The gospel is only for people who have nothing else to present to God. Nothing to present to God. And that's everybody. God is so infinitely valuable, infinitely holy, infinitely worthy that anything that we would even offer him is incredibly heinous because of our sin. But when God changes us and the Spirit indwells us because Christ has exchanged his life for ours, we become a pleasing aroma to God but not because of us. Check this out in verse 15, Galatians chapter 1. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Now, just real quick, you see two movements of God towards Paul here. Two movements of God. What's the first one? When did God first move towards Paul? Before he was born. Whoa, 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 whoa JC, whoa, what, what, what did you just say? Didn't you just say that Saul was persecuting Christians? Didn't you just say that he would go into a town and he would find somebody's name on a list and he'd pull them out and they'd get tortured? Didn't you just say he was holding the coats of men who were stoning the first ever person to give their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Didn't you just say that? But now you're telling me that God chose Saul before he was born? Well, that's what the Scripture says. Well, why would God wait? Why would he tarry to save Paul? That seems confusing. That seems out of the ordinary. Well, let's share. Let's, let's see what Scripture has to say about that. Let's go to 1 Timothy. I don't know if you know this, but Paul wrote most of the New Testament... So you can just flip around and most of the time you can run into Paul saying something. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Even though, this is Paul speaking, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing to me that the more you read Paul, the more you go, man, he really remembers who he was before Jesus and he's really thankful to be who he is after Jesus entered into his life. It's amazing, isn't it? Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But check this out. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Now check this out, check this out, check this out. Verse 16. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as what? A prime example of his great patience with even the worst 
of sinners. If you're in here today and you're thinking to yourself, man, JC, this is all good news and stuff, but guess what? You don't know jack about my life. You don't know how horrible I am. You, you don't know the half of it. Well, let me just go over a list with you real quick. This is from Paul's life, okay? Uh, have you ever murdered someone? Paul did. Have you ever held the cloaks of someone else, held clothes, watched as somebody did something so evil that if anybody ever found out, you'd be completely embarrassed and undone? Paul did. Have you ever looked at the gospel of Jesus Christ and essentially spit on it and decided you would do whatever it takes to bring it down? Paul did. God used Paul as an example to the entire world for the rest of history before Christ comes back to say, nobody, nobody is too far off from the grace of God. Nobody. You're telling me, JC, that God would forgive someone who committed the most heinous of acts? You're telling me that Jesus Christ would forgive that person? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And I'm thankful because he's done that for me. And if we ever get to the point as a follower of Christ that we look at somebody else's stuff as, whoo, that's real bad. But, I mean, mine's not that bad. It's not just a complete fabrication of how sinful you are. It's also a complete misappropriation of how glorious God is. And you get small examples of this as a parent, right? As your kid's like, you never buy me nothing. And you're like, house, room, food, clothes, shoes, random toys that they never play with. What'd they say? You never buy me nothing. I mean, in the myriad of a million things that they could say, how big is that one on the list? It's this big. It ain't big at all. But you look at that and go, oh, no, you just didn't say that. And we're not perfect. We're not even close to perfect as parents. And yet we see the, listen, listen, kid, you don't even get it. You don't even understand. God, infinitely more holy, infinitely more of a good father. You ever thought to God, God, why are you doing this to me? You don't love me. And yet God doesn't look at us and go, kid, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? You don't even know. He says, I'm doing it and I love you. I gave my son for that statement you just made.
I love this quote from Martin Luther. Now, Perry said something, and it's a true quote. It's, it's weird. Martin Luther said Galatians is basically like the same. He loves Galatians like he loves his wife, okay? Now, I would never, ever make that statement. I think that's crazy, okay? But I'm also telling you this. That dude loved Galatians so much so that you see him quoting about Galatians like nobody else is busy. You see him literally giving up everything apart from his life to make sure that people understood that justification by faith alone is it. Don't mess this up. That's Martin Luther. He started the Reformation based on that. He gave up his reputation based on that. He was running around the country not to get killed based on that. And he said this. He said, did God call me on account of my holy life or on account of my pharisaical religion or on account of my prayers, my fastings, my works? Never. Well, then it is certain God did not call me on account of my blasphemies, my persecution, my oppression. What prompted him to call me? His grace alone. The good news is for sinners, and it's only for sinners. Paul was not only sharing that message with the Gentiles, Paul himself is that message. He's a life, a sinner that was changed by the grace of God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or your favorite type of music. It does not matter because we are all separated from God. Apart from the grace of God, we have no hope. And if you ever claim anything other than God's grace in your life as the reason why you've got connection with God, that is not the gospel. Or if there's any other reason that keeps you connected to God apart from the grace of God, that's not the gospel. Do you truly believe that God's grace is enough for you? Do you believe that it's truly enough for you, not just the people around you, but for you, even with all your stuff? Do you believe that? Now, Paul's going further in this. He's saying this in verse 16. He said, Galatians chapter 1, he said this. He said, when this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Now, Paul here went to learn, yes, but who did he learn from? Jesus. He didn't show up to Peter's house and go, hey, Peter, what's the gospel? Help, help me understand, bro. No, he went to be tutored by Jesus. He went to learn, he went to grow, he went to understand what the gospel truly was and its ramifications and how did the Old Testament law that he thought he was pursuing God, how, how does that connect with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How, how do those two things intersect? What does that look like? And as you read through the New Testament, you see this preparation that took place in Paul's life. And then guess what happened after he got prepared? He went to preach. He went to preach. Now, he did meet with the apostles he met with Peter. He, he met, and we see later on, he met with James, the brother of Jesus. But 
He was there for 15 days. Now, you don't get taught three years' worth of stuff in 15 days. Let me just tell you. Even if you listen to stuff on double speed, there ain't no way you're getting it in 15 days. See, Paul didn't just get forgiveness of sins, but he also got the richness of spiritual blessings straight from Jesus. And grace is good because even if you're just forgiven, even if you've just got the righteousness of Christ placed on you and that one day you'll be called up to glory because of Jesus Christ, even if that's it, that's incredible, wonderful, amazing. But then you start to talk about the life change that happens, that you can face any difficult situation with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You start to talk about the fruit of the Spirit manifest in your life and what that does to the relationships around you, that suddenly your relationship with your spouse gets a little better, suddenly the relationship with your coworkers gets a little better, because you don't approach them for what they can do for you. You approach them with the gospel. Here's what I can share with you. Here's what I can give to you. I can give you the gospel of Jesus Christ that your whole life can be turned upside down and made good. And you can go to sleep every night knowing that God loves you because of Jesus. A saved Christian is a serving Christian. If there was anybody in the whole world that didn't need to go preach because, you know, it's not a great thing to show up as a person who was killing Christians before, to show up on a Christian platform and talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was Paul. But Paul didn't use that as an excuse. Paul used that as his platform. This is my story. And if Paul can serve after everything he did, you can serve. So where are you serving? We got babies that need to be held and rocked. We got folks who need to be taught. We got homes that need to be fixed around here for some of our older folks. We got folks who need to be visited because they're older and in a stage of life where they can't come every single week, but they're listening online. They're, they're checking out the message. They're still a part of Brookwood Church. We need folks to do that. We need folks to cook when somebody dies. We need folks to, to serve when somebody's getting married. We need folks to love on people in every area of life. Why? Because the gospel is true in every area and realm of life, and we must serve because it's overflowing out of us. So where are you serving? Well, JC, I'm, I mean... Sunday's hard and, you know, it's the weekend and then, like, I got, I got work all week and then, yeah, you're right. Nobody said service wasn't about a sacrifice. And service also doesn't make you right with God. Only the grace of God, only the gospel does that. Well, then why serve? Because you are an ambassador of Christ. We share the gospel. You can serve at your job. You can serve at your home. You can serve at this church. You can serve in the community. You can serve internationally abroad. There are foster kids that need homes. Homes. You got a home? You got the gospel? You got the message of Jesus Christ? You got the Holy Spirit inside of you? You're equipped. You got everything you need. Man, we got to get out of this consumer mindset that the gospel's about me. It's not. It's not. Not only 
is the good news designated for sinners and directly from God. It's also a display of God's glory. A display of God's glory. Verse 18. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. Now, this is an important thing to understand. This is Paul here. Paul, in the flesh and blood, preached the gospel to these people in Galatia. They would have known Paul, not just by name. They would have known Paul by meeting him, by talking to him, by listening to him, by receiving from him. Why in the world is he swearing an oath? Because the people in Galatia deserted him for these Judaizers. He became chopped liver to them. So he's pleading with them through the written word. What I'm writing is not a lie. It's true. You got to believe this. I know that they're telling you that I learned all this stuff from these other apostles. But listen, I was only there for this amount of time. And here's the people. And here's what's going on. Why was Paul so specific about how long he was there? Why was Paul so specific about who he met and talked to? because people were accusing him very specifically. So he came back with his specific testimony. You know, this happens with us in our family relationships and relationships with coworkers. Like, people just love to throw out accusations all willy-nilly. And then you come back and you call them on something and you go, hey, 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 this is what I said in this text message. Why are you reading it like that? Hey, this is what we talked about. And there are other people in the room. Like, why why are you doing that? Now, real quick, Paul's not being negative here. But he knows what's at stake. Now, we do the opposite. We, We miss out what's at stake sometimes because we'd rather attach ourselves to a cause or a habit or a particular way of life or a political party rather than understand that the glory of God is on the line. The glory of God. Everything else will pass away. Everything else. But man, we we sure want to invest our resources in stuff that's just going to burn up, don't we? So Paul got away for this time. He he got away with Jesus, and he did meet the apostles. And really, this word that the New New Living Translation says, we got to know, I got to know Peter, which probably just meant this, that they shared their stories of transformation. Peter shared his stories of what it was like to live with Jesus, and they validated that the message that they were both sharing was the same message. And then they went, they each had missions to accomplish. If someone like Paul shared the gospel with the Galatians personally, showed his life to them, knowing that it probably was personally embarrassing if he was just living for human approval, showing up knowing he was a a terrorist to Christians, like if, if he did that and they turned their back on him, why do you get so frustrated when people turn their back on you? 
If somebody who was blinded on the road to Damascus was baptized by a man named Ananias who the Holy Spirit spoke to and told him to go to a place who didn't want to go because he was like, this dude's killing folks. I, I'm I, like, how, what do you, no. Jesus was like, yeah, okay. If that guy gets deserted, you're going to get deserted. People are going to stab you in the back. People are going to betray you. But we're not living for the approval of everyone else. We're an ambassador of Christ sharing the good news. And so when people betray us, guess what? It makes the good news sweeter. It makes it better. You know why? doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It just means God fills up our afflictions. The Holy Spirit ministers to us when we hurt. When we run to God, we receive from him true spiritual blessings that he's with us and for us. And Paul speaks about this, speaks about this perseverance that happens in 2 Timothy. Chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, he says this. He says, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. And when he says certain death, like he's talking about actual death, like physical death. Dude got hit with rocks, a boat wrecked more than once, which is crazy. I mean, that's just crazy. Don't get on a boat again, right? Like, got bit by snakes. I mean, at some point you go, hey, this, maybe this ain't working out for me like it should. Paul doesn't say that at all. In fact, it's almost as if the older Paul gets and the more stuff he goes through, like being imprisoned for preaching the gospel, makes him want to preach the gospel even more. Because God is ministering to Paul. He's giving him the strength. He's giving him what he needs. And Paul keeps getting it. Paul knew that God had him on a mission and that even when he was abandoned by those he had invested time, energy, love, teaching, and all kinds of other resources in, even when they abandoned him, he knew that God would continue to sustain him because he understood what was at stake, the glory of of God. And check this out at the end of Galatians chapter 1. I love this. I love this so much. I could hug this, these two verses if I could. After that visit, I went into the northern provinces of Syria and uh, Sicilia. And still the Christians in the churches in Judea didn't know me personally, which means this. Paul never met these folks that he's about to talk about. Never met them. He's never met the people he's about to share this story he said, all they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And I love this verse. I could hug it and kiss it. This is what we need to hear today in the church. We need to propagate this message wherever we go. He said this, and they praise God because of me. Why do we need to hear that? Because we will rip somebody a new one if somebody says something we don't agree with even if they're a follower of Christ. 
They never even met Paul. They never met him. Ever. Do you think they had reasons to be suspicious of him? Yes. You don't get a chance to answer that one. Yes is the answer. He, was, he had a list of names he was going after. He was trying to kill followers of Christ. They never met him. All they heard was Christ changed him. They believed so much in the gospel of Jesus that they praised God that that man had been changed forever by Jesus. But man, we hear a tweet, we get, we get this stuff, we get, oh man, you get somebody who teaches the Bible, we don't like the way that he teaches it. You, we just, they're done. Are they preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then praise God. Glory to God. Paul talks about this in other places because people are coming to know God through the gospel even if those people are whack jobs. We're not glorifying in these people we're praising God for. We're praising God for those people because God is using them to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We're not trying to create Christian superstars. That's not our goal as the church. The church's goal is the glory of God being spread through the entire world. And if it happens through somebody we don't like the way they talk, Praise God. If it happens to somebody whose story's not like mine, and I struggle with that story, but people are coming to know Christ Jesus and the real Christ Jesus, not a fabrication or a false version of Christ Jesus, but the one that's presented in the Word of God, then praise God. Man, I don't know what happened to us. You know, the early church, when Romans talked about Christians, you know what they used to say? Man, I wish we loved people like the Christians love each other. They love people that aren't even Christians. They just bring them in their home and take care of them. Literally, you can go back and read letters before 100 AD that people are saying, you know what those Christians do? They just love people. They just love them. Is that what we're known for today? We need to repent of that attitude where when we hear a story, we automatically get suspicious. And we don't do that because we're trying to propagate all these men around the world preaching the word of God. Don't propagate anybody who preaches the word of God. We praise the glory of God. We praise God. And if God is lifted up, if Jesus Christ is lifted up, what will happen? He will draw all men to himself. That's what we are about as an ambassador. But man, we will find a fight to pick in a heartbeat. And it, it man... We need to repent of that attitude as the church. Man. Muslim gives their life to Christ. You know you're going to find somebody who's a Christian. Go, I don't Glory to God for revealing Jesus Christ to anybody who gives up their life for them. These folks knew Paul's story, they knew the gospel, and they glorified God. Do you experience the joy of the glory of God? I mean, the flat-out joy? Are other people glorifying God because of what God is doing in you? 
We're ambassadors, guys. We're not some random people walking around. We got uniforms to put on. It's the grace of God we wear with us. And when we go into our workplaces, when we go into our neighborhoods, when we go into our schools, when we go to our vacation spots, we're ambassadors showing up. It's time we fulfill the role of sharing the good news with folks everywhere we go. May the grace of God lead us. Let's pray. God, I love you. I love the story of Paul. I love how you changed him. I love that he was laser-focused on the gospel. You could take him and throw him away, but if you grabbed onto the gospel, then he was all about that. Thank you for his example. Thank you that I can be reminded and stirred on the grace of God because no matter how much evil I've done, Paul is an example that you are not too far from God's grace. God is searching for you, pursuing you, and he loves you. God, I pray that we would be ambassadors of the gospel, that we would share, that we would love, that we would sacrifice, serve, give like ambassadors. And I pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would grow and you would be glorified in us as we love and we serve. If there's somebody in here that just does not believe this grace of God, I pray that they'd come and ask hard questions that they'd share their biography of what they've done and that you would meet them with your spirit. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray these things. All God's people said, amen. Thank y'all. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. If you would like to know more about the many ways that you can connect with Christians at Brookwood, or if you just have questions about who we are, you can email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864-688-8326. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.